For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Hey, welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2:19. We want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead Senior Care. They provide trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. I am so excited about today's interview. Uh, I want to welcome my very beloved new friend. Her name is Paula Quinn. Paula, thank you so much for coming on the show with me. I am so excited to be here, Kathy, and participate in this. Listen, I just published my first book, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations. But you, Paula, have written the book I wanted to write. I just didn't know it till I read your book. Well, it has been a long time coming, and it's been, you know, when you said the verse of your show is Mary pondered these things in her heart. I've been pondering this in my heart for years. And what this is are the questions that God asked people in the Bible and how, what if he asked me those questions and how would I answer? I love your premise. I was so excited when you sent it to me ahead of, you know, I got to read it ahead of the publication. Now, if people want to get it, they can find it on Amazon.com and Paula Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N. Am I spelling your name correctly, Paula? Yes, you are. Okay, so I'm going to give my listening and reading friends, we want to welcome you to the show as well. And I'm going to give you just a little background about Paula. And I have a long bio here. Here it is. Okay, Paula's been to two of my favorite schools, University of Texas, yay, and SMU. She's taught in Dallas Public High School. Oh, I said public. I may be private high school. Did you? Where did you teach in Dallas? Actually, I taught in Richardson, and then later I did. I didn't put this down specifically, but I also was a counselor at Episcopal School of Dallas. Okay, so you've taught both in both directions. You've had a lot of experience teaching. You went back, you got your psychology, your master's in psychology. Then, as if that wasn't enough, after working in Kansas City at a hospital, you got your law degree at SMU and sometime before that you were an adjunct professor at SMU which I gotta tell you I'm so impressed with anybody that can be a professor I just think that must be a really hard job so then you work for a big law firm I'm going I'm just breezing through I want people to get a feel for how successful you are but after serving on a big at a big law firm you switched gears big switch here and you ended up in the Dallas Public Defenders uh, area of law, and you have all the CPS, Child Protective Services, experience defending children and families. So 
you're amazing, Paula. I mean, you're just amazing. <laughs> and I, I got, I've lived I, a long time. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, your book is so rich and deep that it blessed my soul so much. And I read all the time, just so constantly. But I did something really rare this time. I usually breeze through a book because I'm a compulsive reader. And so I, if, once I start, I have to put it down. But I force myself, I'm pacing myself reading your book because I really want to absorb the rich, deep understanding that comes when we take the question God asked great saints of the past and we let him ask those questions of us. And, and you are such a wonderful guide into that world of listening and answering God in those tender places we all have in our hearts. One thing I don't want to forget to mention in your bio, and then I'm not going to bring that back up anymore, but the most important thing, I love this about you. She started her bio with, I'm going to read it right off here. I grew up in Tyler, Texas. <laughs> I saved that for the last. I'm so proud of this community that we, we both grew up in. It's amazing to me how many people God is using throughout the world that just come from Tyler, little old, you know, East Texas town. So anyway, I love that about you. Okay. And we have a mutual Thanks. friend who's probably listening in. So I don't want to forget to give a shout out to Eugenia because I know she's praying for both of us today. So we're just, we're just going to let her know we love her and we're thankful that she connected us. Yes. I've been friends with Eugenia since we went to kindergarten together. I can't believe you and I haven't crossed paths still now, but it was inevitable that we would meet. I, I know, and it was all for Eugenia, and I was, um, without any knowledge of what you do, she was just going to put us together at a little luncheon, just I know. friends. And then it turned out I got, you know, my husband got COVID, and I couldn't even go to the luncheon, and so, but I got a hold of your book, and it just is so transformative. So I want to ask you, Paula, you know, my big thing is questions, too. I have a whole chapter in my Marriage Conversations book about how to change uh an argument back into a conversation. And the way you do that is by asking tender questions. So I have an infatuation and an obsession with questions. I call myself a hoarder. So naturally when I heard your, your book premise, I was just like, I have to get my hands on that book. And you were so kind to let me read it pre-publication. That, that is just such a, I felt such a privilege to get to do that. And I, so I want to ask, I'm dying to ask you, of all the questions in your book, which one was your most, like, which one caught your heart? Um, there were several questions throughout the book that caught my heart, but the one that really was sort of intimate to me and also very rich and who God is and how he sees us is the um, question he asked to Hagar when she's uh, alone in the desert, she's run away, been cast out, really, from Abraham and Sarah and their clan, their family. And she doesn't know what she's going to do. And God comes along and says, what's the matter? Aww. And I, it catches my heart because what's the matter is something you say to an, a friend, somebody you know well, somebody who could read their face and see. Now, she mm -hmm. was in dire circumstances, but... Still, you could pass somebody on the street that is in dire circumstances and not stop and say, what's the matter? And so mm -hmm. it's um, it's just this very intimate question. Um, the other thing, the other part of that is Hagar was an Egyptian slave. She had no power. 
She had no power with um, her benefactors, who had been Abraham and Sarah, who were, you know, great patriarch, matriarch of the Bible. But um, she's cast out. And so she doesn't have any influence. She's not part of the covenant. She's not the right religion. Um, but God comes to her and says and asks this question. And and um, earlier, when he went, the first time um, God meets Hagar, she's also in the desert. She's pregnant, and he said, um, "You're going to have you're going to have a boy. His name is Ishmael, and Ishmael means he hears God. He hears." Mm. And then Hagar says to God. She basically, her response is to name God. And she said, you're the God who sees. Now, mm. I've been seen by the one who sees me. And that theme of the God who hears and the God who sees. And what we see and what we hear is really a theme for all 40 questions and throughout the whole Bible. So that's probably my favorite one. I love that. I think everybody can relate to Hagar. We've, we've all had moments where we felt like we had no power, no voice, no control. Mm-hmm. Other people were controlling our destiny. And, you know, we just felt, a, I know I've struggled with abandonment issues from my childhood. So um, mm-hmm. that was one of the things I asked my dad when he did his amends. He asked me, you mm-hmm. know, what he could make amends for after he got an Alcoholics Anonymous. And that was the thing I brought up because he also suffered from that. Abandonment gets passed down through families. Yes. So there's, this is why I loved your book. There, there's so much about what you have shared out of your own deep heart that is comforting when we feel like nobody is alone. I mean, nobody's here. I'm alone. I'm abandoned. Has God abandoned me? And that's certainly how she felt. And I agree with you. I have felt that way. I have felt like, well, now what do I do? It's really bleak. And and sometimes it's been so bleak that even as a believer, I've said, I I felt like I was running a marathon and that I wasn't going to make it. Like I was running one of those marathon races in the Olympics where somebody falls down and they start crawling. (laughs) I I feel that way. Right. Writing a book, it'll make you feel that way for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you look around and goes and go, where are my coaches? Thank God I have a publisher to help me with this because I feel like I'm crawling. Yes, and and what I found then is to say, I if I if this depends on me, if this depends on me having enough faith to get across the finish finish line, yeah, we're really I'm in really in trouble then because if but if you could just hear God calling out to you, or even just say, Jesus, sometimes a way open up, a way, sorry, a way opens, and then he can just carry us. You know what I love? That much. I love the fact that you brought out that idea that about the child's name. I mean, I imagine easily after reading what you'd written, I thought, Every time she called his name, she was reminded of what she needed to know in her own heart. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and what, how we see God is so important. And to know, to know that you know that you know that of all the universe, God has spotted you. Um, 
and, and not just somebody who's big in ministry or important or politically important or wealthy, but I mean, she felt like a nobody. And I think that's another theme in these questions is that most of us, I think most of the time, feel like we're pretty ordinary. You know what? I'm going to interrupt in you because we are. Yes. We're going to go to the break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about going from ordinary to extraordinary. I, I love that idea and that theme. We do feel that way. You can get all this information, including the hyperlinks, on kathycrafty.com. to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate is the number on the door. And the next house over is a grocery store. Does your spouse refuse to hear? Do your children stare without comprehending? Does your parent or boss raise objections to all your good ideas? Oh, the frustration. Conversations often break down instead of breaking through. Hi, this is Kathy. We've just released a book about one of history's most influential women. Just like you, she was pre-qualified for influence. In our book, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations, I explore more than 40 strategies Jesus himself used to launch her from lonely to leadership. The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations. Get your copy today at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com or on Amazon and start exercising the influence God has prepared for you. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. All miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, this is Kathy, and we're back. We're just so glad you're well with us today, listening in to this new friend of mine who I'm crazy about. I bet you're getting there, too, because you can see she's just got this depth of knowledge I, I don't usually, I mean, I love to read, but Paula, your book ministered to my soul so much. So tell everybody the name so they can be looking for it. The name of the book is Questions God Asks Us. I love that. As soon as I heard the premise, I knew I was going to love your book. Um, okay, so you had this amazing, successful career, and you took, how did you carve out time to do the book and still defend families and children in the court system, just snag their, and, I, and I'm going to just give a quote real quick. Um, I, I love this. Um, 
this was from Exodus 26, and you wrote about this. This is one of the things God says in the New Living Translation. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Paula, I had forgotten that was in there. I mean, I printed that out and put it next to my shelf. If, if we were on Zoom, you could probably see it. I, I was so happy that you um, that you did that and that you pulled that verse out. And then here's one. In many cases, the questions show that God not only had conversations with all sorts of people, he had relationships with them. Many of us want this connection, and I believe God wants this as well. Paula Quinn. So talk to me a little bit about how we go from ordinary and defeated and in my case, sometimes I feel abandoned and I'm looking around going, God, are you here? Where are you? I'm asking the questions, right? How do we go from that to that extraordinary life where we're listening for God and what he's asking us? You know, I, I, uh, I had a minute to think about this. And the, the story that, that most, I think, shows this best of all is the story of Moses because, you know, he gets in trouble. He, he's raised in by, by the fair fair. Pharaoh's household, and he um, wants to save his, wants to rescue his people or help them out. It's not really about rescue; he just wants to help them out. And he screws up and kills some uh, one of the Egyptian slaves, taskmasters, and he has to run for his life. And it is forty years of herding sheep in Midian, kind of in the middle of nowhere, when God shows up at the burning bush and basically says, I've got a quest for you. And this and he must feel very ordinary by this by this point. <laughs> and he must feel like, I don't have anything to give. What do you mean, this quest? And he starts arguing with God, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then it goes on. It's almost funny to li- to listen to it as the conversation unfolds. But basically said, you know, I don't have the right stuff. You've got the wrong guy, and I don't have the right stuff. And the question that captures this is God says to Moses, what is in your hand? Mm. Well, a staff. That's it. That's all he has. And I think the question comes to us when either God comes and says, I've got something for you to do, or we think of something that we might like to do, and we think, oh, I don't have the credentials for that. Mm. I don't have the training. I don't have the money. I don't I don't have it. And um, God says, well, what do you have? Let's start there. Mm-hmm. And the staff became, and I think I say this in the book, became not just a, a an implement of power, but a symbol that you have all you need because I'm with you. Wow, and that that was really the basic message is that we are kind of ordinary in a lot of a, a lot of the time, and our lives look pretty mundane a lot of the time. But we forget that we are empowered. I forget it every day. And, okay, um, like you were saying, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just want to make sure people know where to find you. So I'm going to put. If you're driving, I don't want anyone to have a wreck listening to this. Or if you're on your bike, your recumbent bike. I'm going to put all this at Kathy Crafty, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. And you can find that. You can find Paula Quinn. All you have to do is search Paula Quinn, and her blog will come up. 
and it'll connect you with how you can get her, her book and all that. And I really want you to look for it because this is a transformative book. It is loaded with transformative truth. This is one of my favorite books of the year and I've read tons. So just so you'll know that, that I really highly recommend Paula's book. Okay, Paula, um, I want to know, thinking about that question, what have you got in your hand? Take that to the courtroom for us. Like you're defending a family and you just show up. How does that look in your own life? Um, you know, I've had uh, the most recent work I've done has been where I get court appointments to represent, legally represent either children who've been removed from their parents for abuse or neglect, or mm. I represent one of the parents. Mm. And um, a lot of those cases kind of resolve because the parents really just messed up and they get their lives back on track. They get the counseling or the help they need. Um, and sometimes they resolve because they don't. It's pretty obvious the kids can't go back there. But every once in a while, there's a parent born behind the eight ball who's really trying. Mm. And the child is old enough that although they may have gone through some rough times, he or she really wants to be with their parent. Or Aww. it's a child that could be returned. And I represent that child in my, in my heart of hearts. My gut feeling is this would be a disaster. Oh. And so it's those, those cases that weigh on me that I lose sleep over. And I have asked for God to give me the evidence I need. Oh, wow. I've asked for God to give, um, to show me. Uh, one of my favorite prayers along these lines is, show me what's hidden that needs to be revealed. Whether wow. it be something good or something bad, I, I need more than what's at my fingertips. <sighs> and God has answered that in pretty remarkable ways. Um, I, I've loved, I love working with the kids. I love working with parents. Back in the day, I represented juvenile delinquents, and some of those kids became almost children to me. Um, oh, wow. And, th and they did some horrendous things, but I, I saw what they, I saw their heart. And that's when it really matters is God shows me something. Wow, he sees them. Wow. Who he knows they are in their heart of hearts, who they could be if somebody t took the time to talk to them or listen to them or, or give them that open door, that one opportunity to make good. Um, so that's kind of how I go about my practice. Okay, so I want to just throw this out. I didn't even include this, and I should have. I'm, I'm realizing now. Uh, Paula is the mother of three grown children and five grandchildren. So when she says someone becomes her own child, like a child of her, she's not, that's not a mild thing. She and her husband have been married over 40, almost 45 years. So this is a woman who knows how to have a family and also how to reach out in a loving affection and see people healed. You reminding me of a trauma informed care, the, the interview I did yeah. with Judge Carol Clark. So if you wonder about that, I'll have that hyperlink in the blog about Paula. I'm just talking to my listening and, and reading friends. So you can find about trauma-informed care. That is a corrective, powerful force within our court systems that yes, we hope our judges begin to hear more and more about that. That's coming out of Texas Christian University, TCU. So look for that in the blog. Paula, I'm amazed at 
I mean, no wonder if you didn't have God in the courtroom with you, how would you ever, I mean, your heart must just break all the time. You know, as I was saying, there are, there are those cases that, that don't grab your heart, but you're doing, you're just doing a good job for them. Yeah. But there are cases that grab your heart that might not work out. And maybe sometimes I don't know how they should work out. And right. praying for God's will to be done and for justice to be done. Mm. And if, if justice is done, that means somebody gets their heart broken. Mm. Or then, then being able to reach out to that person with to give them something that goes beyond the day in court while they lost their child. Or mm-hmm. where they were sentenced to prison. Or yeah, there was a... There was a kid I represented years ago, and he um, he was charged with murder. There was a lot of issues about his his situation, but he was a juvenile, and he kind of graduated to the senior mm. adult column. And I was no longer his his lawyer, and we in fact we moved to Austin after that. But he called me one day from he was sitting in jail waiting for his trial, and this was just somebody I connected with. I went back to visit him at Loose Derrick Jail in Dallas, and I said, Larry, do you believe in God? Do you know? Do you? And he said, I don't know. I've never been to church. Wow. And I said, well, you're not alone in here. And I was able, it was one of those miraculous moments. I don't get very many of them, where it was like hand on the glass, his hand on the glass, mm. and prayed together. And, and he's, he's still in prison. This is, a, you know, this was a long haul. But um, back in the 90s, I was able to touch him with with Jesus. I mean, really, Jesus touched him through me, and I got to play a part. I've never forgotten it. Wow. Okay, that is amazing. And and I, I, I'm so happy we're going to do two podcasts today, so I want people to look for the other podcast. I haven't picked a name for it yet. Um, so just look for Paula Quinn's name. I'll try to include her name in the podcast. But I, here's what I, we're going to be talking about. When you, feel, when you feel forgotten by God, how do you handle that? That's the main topic we're going to cover. And so it should probably have something forgotten by God, maybe a question mark in the title with Paula Quinn. Because uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about how we tend to blame God accidentally. We don't even know we're doing it. But Paula, I love it that you were able to reach this young man Okay, let me remind everybody, it's Kathy Crafty, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com, because I know the clock is ticking. <laughs> Paula, I'm I'm so touched with that image of your hand and his hand. Thinking about Hagar and that amazing question God asked, what's the matter? I mean, that's such a gentle, tender, intimate question to ask somebody. Yes, it, it's kind of what you want. You want to know me. I woke up in the morning and I'm stressed and my heart is broken and does God see me? And really what you want is for, for him to say, what's the matter? And then pour your heart out. Well, I think that there are people all around us that are just wishing for that. Just, just you know, their hearts are just hurting and that's what they're hoping somebody... And we have the beautiful anointing of the living water that just flows out of our hearts and mouths 
So this is Truth with a Texas Twang. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh, Got in.